Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. You can also find me live Sunday nights in St. Louis. 97.1 FM Talk is the station. 7 to 9 p.m. St. Louis time. During the week, I do videos. I call them Headlines with Heidi. I do interviews and talk about issues, whatever's going on locally, nationally, in Vegas, where I'm based, or St. Louis. And you can catch all of that at HeidiHarris.com or on Rumble, Headlines with Heidi. If you forget everything I just said, just go to HeidiHarris.com. Saw this interesting column came out here in the Atlantic by a woman named Emily Oster. It's getting a lot of attention. It's called, Let's Declare a Pandemic Amnesty. (laughs) She said, we need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID. Right. Let's start with that, first of all. If you were in the dark about COVID, which a lot of people were, I mean, we didn't know. I'd never been through a pandemic. We hadn't been through a pandemic like this. So we didn't really know what to expect. It was all new territory for many people. But there were a lot of things that we did know. First of all, if you're a student of history, you know that pandemics are over in a couple of years. You also know if you're a student of, I don't know, basic biology, that when people have something, they're likely to have or they will have some type of immunity to it which is one reason people like me said there's no way I'm getting near a shot. Now, I had COVID in June 2020, and there were no shots around prior to it. I don't think I would have taken one anyway. In fact, I'm certain I wouldn't have because Trump was determined to rush this thing in and, you know, get it at lightning speed and all this. Forget it. There is no way I'm going to take something that rushed to market. But there were things that we did know. She said in 2020 of April 2020, no one got the coronavirus from passing somebody else hiking. She actually had her kids on a hiking trail with cloth masks. Well, this is a journalist. I mean, she could have looked back at Fauci because in the beginning of COVID, he said masks don't do anything. I mean, there was all kinds of evidence out there that masks were completely ineffective, if not damaging psychologically and in a lot of other ways, right? So for her to say, we didn't know outdoor transmission was vanishingly rare. Oh, really? We didn't know. How did you not know? See, that's what's so scary. There are people who believe that journalists actually know things. And many of them are not very curious. I know that's obviously revealed itself, especially in the last couple of years. But the truth is, most of the people who get out of journalism school, if they even go to journalism school, have an agenda. They have an agenda that they want to push on everybody, certain things they want to see society do, and they don't really care about anything that is contrary to their agenda, that doesn't fit their narrative. They're not looking for information. They're not looking for the other side. It doesn't cross their minds. They're so seeped in liberalism, it doesn't even occur to them. And one of the things that was so obvious to me from the get-go and so frustrating was these people who virtue signaled others who had to leave their houses to actually make a living. We should all stay home and stay safe. When many of the folks I saw doing this were retired or getting some kind of residual checks or something else, they didn't need to leave their house to keep their house. They could sit in their little house, type up their little blogs, if they were, you know, some little brats working from their basement, type up their little blogs, or make their little comments on Facebook, and they wouldn't lose a dime. Yet they shamed everybody else into staying home, or at least they tried to. And some of the people were just reprehensible who did this. And had the situation been reversed, had they been 35 and still trying to make a living and feed their family, they would have had a different point of view, I promise you. So that was the most frustrating thing to me, this idea that we're all in this together. We were never all in it together, ever, ever. The people who were in the media were working, most of them. The people in, uh, you know, Congress, uh, you know, anybody in government, they were all working. Even if they got sent home and their offices were closed, they were all working. 
They're making a paycheck. I saw people lined up for free food within four days of the shutdown in March 2020 because I would drive by it every day on my way home from work. Lined up at a local casino to get free food. Now, you could say everybody should have a month's worth or six months worth, ideally, of savings. I get it. Okay, these people didn't plan very well. But they also didn't expect everything to be shut down. But meanwhile, the people who are out there on Twitter, the Twitterati, virtue signaling everybody, stay home, stay home, stay home, stay safe. They weren't losing a dime. And this is one of the people. This woman, this Emily Oster, was one of those journalists who didn't care what happened to other people. Now, she also didn't care that the schools were closed, at least initially, till it became inconvenient for her or until she realized that her kids were suffering. She didn't care about your kids or anything else. It wasn't until it hit home for her. See, that's another thing. These journalists don't live in the world you live in. They don't care what happens to you. They have no ability to see things from a different perspective. If it affects them, they're on board with it. Oh my gosh, my children are suffering. Never mind what happened to people who couldn't afford to have different computers in the house for every kid or different bedrooms for every kid to learn. I mean, it was a disaster. We all know that. And we're not going to realize for the next 20 years how badly these children were hurt with school shutdowns. But she talks about how the health risks were, were low for spread and this and that and the other. But, oh, but, you know, we just didn't know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And she talks about the vaccines and how they didn't have a lot of data on various things, Johnson & Johnson and mRNA and... Okay, but bottom line, all you had to do was look and see how fast this was rushed to market. That should have concerned you as a quote-unquote journalist. You should have realized that the average vaccine takes many, many, many years to come to market. And most of them fail because they're not, you know, they don't pass the testing. Unbelievable. She also said, remember when public health, the public health community had to spend a lot of time and resources urging Americans not to inject themselves with bleach? Okay, come on. If you're that stupid and you're going to inject yourself with bleach, I don't know what to say to you. I, I really don't. I have no idea. But then she said misinformation was and remains a huge problem, but most errors were made by people who were working in earnest for the good of society. No, you weren't. I would love to believe that. I would love to believe that every journalist who virtue signaled everybody was doing it for the good of society, but they weren't because, as I mentioned, we were not in this together. They weren't losing any money. And I would love to think that our public officials, health officials, politicians, whoever, I would love to think that they actually were concerned about the good of society. I don't believe they were. Maybe there were a few out there who did. I think Donald Trump certainly didn't want people to die. He was very concerned about it, but he was also concerned about what the lockdowns would do to people. That's why he was hesitant to do it. And I understand that. But there are also people making a ton of money off vaccines. They don't care who it kills. They don't care how effective it is. They just want to get it into your arm. They don't care. Now, she's upset about the fact that, uh, you know, people are still aggravated due to what happened during the COVID, you know, situation. And she said, the people who got it right for whatever reason may want to gloat. Yeah, that's right. I will gloat. Now, I'm not picking on the people who were kind of coerced into getting a shot or people who are vaccine injured because I've interviewed many of these people. And I hope you've caught that on my video series or other podcasts I've done. I'm just devastated for them. And a part of me wants to go, you should have known better. Another part of me is just devastated for them because they were lied to. In many cases, they were flat out coerced. Their backs were up against a wall. Once again, these journalists could sit in their little houses in their little jammies. Who knows if they got the shot or not? We don't know. But they didn't have to. Whereas people who work for a lot of government agencies, not, you know, not on Capitol Hill, but various government agencies and state agencies were forced to get the shot or lose their jobs. 
And by the way, back then, a lot of companies were requiring the shot. So if you quit that job and said, well, I don't want to do this, what were your options? There weren't a lot. I know you could have gone to live with parents or roommates or couch surfed or whatever, but there were a lot of people who were single parents. In situations like that, they were the main breadwinner. They just felt like they had no choice. And I hear their stories. I've interviewed these folks, as I said, and I'm heartbroken for them. But the virtue signalers, they didn't care. You know, they're sitting in their house. They don't care. They don't care about anything like that. They don't live the life you live. They don't suffer like you do. That's the problem. These people don't get out of the bubble they live in. They go to cocktail parties. Everybody agrees with them. All their friends agree with them. They don't know anything else. They really don't. And it's pretty pathetic. I'd love to see some of these people actually work a blue-collar job or even no blue-collar people. I don't think they do. So Ms. Emily Oster goes on in her column to say, treating pandemic choices as a scorecard on which some people racked up more points than others is preventing us from moving forward. Well, you know, <laughs> it's not a question of preventing us from moving forward. We have to pay attention to what happened so it doesn't happen again. And I'm hoping that a lot of the people who were happy to give up their rights the last time will suddenly wake up and say, no, 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 because you know and I know that they are planning to do something like this again. The mechanisms are in place for them to lock us down again under the guise of global warming or climate change or some climate emergency or monkeypox or who knows what else. They're not done. They don't have enough yachts. They got this vaccine, not even a vaccine. They got the shot into a ton of people, but it's not enough for them. Now, there are people who I believe really want to kill humanity. They want to affect the population. I don't think that's all of the people who are behind the shot. I don't. I think some of them are. You know, the Bill Gateses of the world actually do want to reduce the population. Other people, I don't think, even knew how bad it was going to be. Yet they pushed it for whatever reason. At the end of her column, Emily Oster says, the standard saying is that those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. That's right, Emily. That's why we are not going to let you off the hook. Because if we do and we forget and we're all just buddy buddies now, then you're going to do it to us again. That's the problem. She goes on to say, dwelling on the mistakes of history can lead to a repetitive doom loop as well. Well, no, 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 no. If you knew history, honey, you would know the pandemics were good for two years usually. And they pass through. You wouldn't still be worrying about getting a booster, 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 booster. And you'd be paying attention to how many people are dropping dead and having major health issues from the shots. But that's another topic for another show. She goes on to say, let's acknowledge that we made complicated choices in the face of deep uncertainty and then try to work together to build back and move forward. Uh-huh. She never acknowledges what happened to average people whose children were destroyed by being sent home, who didn't have the resources she no doubt had to provide for her kids, or maybe people who don't speak English that well or aren't necessarily all that bright. And there are plenty of people who are great parents who aren't necessarily capable of teaching a lot of stuff in the schools. Fine, your kid lost out on all that stuff. You can't tutor them, can't help them with their homework. So the people whose kids did okay were the ones who could afford, you know, separate bedrooms or separate computers for the kids or whatever else. The normal kids who already are at an advantage because their parents pay attention to their education. But the little people, the peasants, the normal people out there who just had to suffer and whose kids are going to be suffering for who knows how many generations. I mean, those are the people who really got hurt by this. So you know what, Emily? I'm not really in the mood to declare a pandemic amnesty, not for people like you, not for you people who are wagging your finger in my face at the store and yelling if I wasn't wearing a mask. No, I'm not ready for it. I'm just not. I still see people in masks. I don't even know what their deal is. I saw a woman today, couldn't have been 25 years old wearing a mask. Really? So my question is, number one, 
if you're that worried about your health that you think you're going to die, then you could stay home uh, or not. It was a postal place. Number two, do you really believe that this mask is helping you? I, I mean, I, I can't even. I can't even. The last two years have revealed so much about society, so much about friends of mine, so much about what the media tries to misrepresent. It's been horrifying. And we need a lot of healing before we can forgive anybody. I'm Heidi Harris. Don't forget you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Heidi Harris Show, Heidi Harris Show, Heidi Harris Show. You can find my videos, podcasts, all of that at HeidiHarris.com. I do them during the week and, of course, anywhere you get podcasts. You can also email me at HeidiHarris.com and catch me live Sunday nights, 97.1 FM Talk in St. Louis, 7 to 9 p.m. And never forget, you were created for a purpose. Find it and live it. Here's Tony Scottwell. <music>